approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What is going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Fantasy Coaches. I am your host, as always, Coach Steve. We have another fantastic episode for you guys today. We are at the end of August. Football season is a good nine, ten days away now. It is almost time for the season. But uh, going back into some Dynasty talk today, obviously, right before the season starts, we love to get a good buy low, sell high uh, episode out there for all those who are gearing up for the season here and to make one last final transaction before the season starts. So let's get right into it here. No Coach Jibs today. He's got some things going on, but we do have Coach John finally back after two weeks off. Welcome back, Coach John. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, yeah, I apologize to everybody. I was off for a couple of weeks. I had the FTLS draft, um, which is like my big home league draft last weekend. Uh, it went well. Um, so my team doesn't totally stink. Usually after those, that weekend is drinking and my team ends up being terrible. So no, I'm happy with the squad. So good to be back. Good, good. You have to send me because you never sent me what your squad was. So you oh yeah, shoot. Later, I got to so. send it. I'll send, send it to it me over. later. And yep, of course we have a great guest on today's show, Garrett Price from Dynasty Nerds. Garrett, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. How are you? <sighs> Not too bad, man. Gearing up for the season. I'm sure you guys are doing the same over there. So as I know, so <laughs> you're a so, little familiar with how things. A little work. busy, guys. <laughs> a little bit. I'll be very busy for the season, so get ready for that. So that's going to be fun. Uh, but uh, like I said, we have things to talk about today: some buy low, sell highs. But before we get into that, let's talk about some news. Uh, some things that happened. A lot of it happened today, actually. Some of it happened before our last podcast. Uh, Kyler Murray is going to start the season on the pump, so he is going to be out at least the first four games of the season. If he misses more time. We'll have to wait to see. Uh, the Jonathan Taylor talks uh, being traded. Uh, I believe the deadline is tomorrow for him. I know the Dolphins and another team are very interested in getting gaining his services. I think the Dolphins are even willing to give him like a contract that meets the market. I think I saw that today. So that's going to be really interesting. We probably won't find that out before the show's over. Uh, some early preseason cuts as of tomorrow. I should have done the show tomorrow. As tomorrow, the show, uh, the cuts, the preseason cut deadline is tomorrow. So, uh, we'll find some players that some potential, maybe medium name players get cut from the teams. Obviously, Zonovan Knight, PJ Walker, Kendall Hilton, Kenyon Dre, Colt McCoy, which was a shocker. Uh, James Robinson all were cut from their teams as of today. Uh, Pierre Strong was traded uh, to Cleveland. And Joshua Dobbs uh, traded to Arizona uh, and may start week one. Uh, he has some relationships with the, the current OC over there. Uh, and Josh Jacobs is back on a nice one-year deal worth up to $12 million. And, of course, the uh, craziest news of the weekend probably was Trey Lance traded to Dallas for a 2024 fourth-round pick. Uh, so, guys, uh, we'll start with, the, like, the bottom two. Maybe we'll get to the other trades, but especially Trey Lance for Dynasty. Obviously, we all know a former third overall pick in the 2020 draft here, spectacular talent, and we've seen him play in about a handful of games over his three, two seasons now. Uh, but now he's in Dallas. Uh, what is your guys' dynasty takeaway on Trey Lance moving forward now? 
Garrett, I'll let you go first. You know, it hasn't changed a ton. It, even this offseason when his ADP was still super high and, and people were thinking that, you know, he was going to be the guy that was going to beat out uh, Brock Purdy, partly just because of his draft capital. Uh, I, I've just I've never really bought in on the player. But now it's gotten to a point where everyone realizes how low his value actually is. And now I'm willing to take a flyer. You know, it's it's all about, you know, where the value is with players. Uh, you know, I, I, we, we try not to hate on specific players too much. It's just, you know, maybe where they're going is just too high or the value is not right. And now the value is basically nothing. So if you want to take a flyer on Trey Lance and put him, you know, as your fifth quarterback, sixth quarterback, just in case Dak gets hurt again. I know he's been banged up quite a bit over his career or, you know, something weird happens where they move on. You know, I'm fine with that. I'm still not paying any sort of premium, but if you can get him for, you know, a third round pick or something like that, yeah, scoop him up, put him as the last quarterback on a super flex team. All right, John. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I think Dallas is, um, and you know, if you looked at it, you were kind of assuming he was going to get traded because they weren't just going to cut him. And he was the third or fourth, you know, kind of back of the quarterback depth chart. So, um, getting traded made sense. Where was the big question? Who was going to pay for it? And, you know, Dallas giving up a fourth is, to me, kind of makes sense. Dak is young enough, but still, you know, not a spring chicken. But he's good that he can sit behind for a year or two, figure things out, and um, maybe bounce back. I mean, he is, a, in my opinion, Trey Lance, he was always a project, and now he's a huge kind of reclamation project. And we all know the Dallas media is not great. So I don't know sort of how bad they're going to beat him up. If he looks bad in practice, like it's just, I think it's a, a far cry that Trey becomes a legitimate fantasy superstar anymore. I just think he's just probably going to fall kind of into white noise into the league. So I'm not really trading for him. I'm not doing much with him. Um, but you know, it, it, again, like Garrett said, if you're willing to throw a fourth and take a chance, you know, maybe in a year or two, he has some sort of Geno Smith resurgence, but I, I, don't, I don't see it. Yeah, you know, it, it's really tough with uh, Trey Lance because what we've seen him play in five games, five starts over his NFL career. You know, it's, it's really hard to judge him fully as a potential NFL quarterback. And now he's going to likely sit the next two years uh, in Dallas, unless the Cowboys decide to do something dramatic over the next year and a half. I know. In terms of Dak's contract, there is some kind of out, even though it's an expensive out in their contract into next season. Uh, I don't know if Jerry Jones is willing to make some kind of bold move uh, like that. Uh, you know, Dak just really hasn't got the Cowboys to that X level. So, I mean, potentially, do they want to just mix things up and get Trey Lance in there? Uh, it could be potential, but you're going to buy low on them if you're maybe a rebuilding team, obviously, right now. Uh, I'd be targeting teams that maybe have Trey Lance as their third quarterback as a contender and say, hey, you know, I'll give you a Jimmy G, Ryan Tannehill, give me back a, a third or a second with Trey Lance and see if someone will bite on that because Trey Lance is not going to do anything for their team this coming season. I mean, he's going to sit behind Dak Prescott. He might not even start as the backup, uh, you know, just because he doesn't know the offense very well. It might take time for him to really get into this Cowboys offense. So it's definitely a sucky situation for him because, you know, I think a lot of people obviously been big on him, but he's stuck in Dallas for the time being, guys. So uh, it is what it is. Josh Jacobs now. We were all concerned that he was going to hold out. Thankfully, he didn't. How do we feel about Josh Jacobs? Is, is he considered a – how do you guys view him moving forward now? He's only on a one-year deal. He's a 26-year-old running back or 25, I think he is. How do you move his value moving forward in Dynasty, guys? 
Um, <clears throat> I, I really like them. I'll, I'll be honest. I, so I, ju- I just traded, you know, this is obviously before all the holdout news and stuff. This is earlier in the offseason. I traded the 102 for uh, Josh Jacobs. I believe in him. I really do. I think he's going to have a monster season this season and then go probably get a three-year contract somewhere and, and be – the you know maybe not a 350 touch guy but still be a very big focal point of an offense he's 25 years old he's just hitting his prime he's you know showed off a lot of his skill last year and i think the situation for is perfect for fantasy for 2023 because he needs to prove big numbers to get a big contract raiders are probably just going to run him into the ground so you know 2023 is going to be awesome and you hope he you know kind of flourishes at his next destination for a couple of years. And I'm, I believe in Josh Jacobs. So I'm glad that he's back <laughs> to be honest. I was sweating for a couple of <laughs> weeks for, but now I'm happy he's back. I'm excited for 2023. And I think he's young enough that you can still get a couple of years out of him. Gary. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm in a similar boat. I do think he's going to have a really good year. I do think they're going to utilize him a ton. Uh, He's definitely somebody that I'm keeping an eye on in terms of where my team is at, because now that he got this deal, now that he's back with the same team that he was before, if you do not think you are a legitimate, legitimate contender, then I might be looking to see, like, can I capitalize at probably what will be his peak value? Because after this, it will it is probably going to go down as he gets a little bit older, worries about what team is where. But if you're a contender, he's he's the guy that you want on your team. He's going to be an RB1 for you, a top-end guy, and he's going to help, you know, hopefully lead you to a championship. But that's where I'm really monitoring my team. Is my team a true contender, a top two, at worst, top three team in my league? If not, I'm utilizing this as a sell-high window. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you guys. Uh, I, I think I think I, re- I really want him to have a good week one because I feel like that will put a great price on his value overall because I feel like there's so much negativity on Josh Jacobs right now that no one's like thinking about him, what he did last year. because He was so good last year, what he's able to do last season. And I feel like the, the, va- the, the just the overall reality of Josh Jacobs is like we're not thinking about the amazing running back we had last year. We're talking about the running back that's holding out all season and wants to get paid. So I'm really hoping he has like a big week one and then I'm, I'd love to sell him off. If, if I don't plan on contending or I don't think I'm going to contend, sell him off then sell him off on a high note, hopefully on that case there. And hopefully, you know, you get a good return. Hopefully you can try to get a first round pick out of it still. Cause I mean, he is going to be fantastic this year because you know, outside of Devontae Adams, I mean, it's the run game that's going to hopefully keep this Raiders team alive. So, and then just real quick, Joshua Dobbs, I don't want to get into it. And it's not about Joshua Dobbs or anything like that, but it's about the values of Hollywood Brown. As I, I did like Hollywood Brown going into the season here. And I, again, it doesn't really change it too much, but don't, people might not know about Joshua Dobbs all that much. He's only played in a handful of games in his three years or so in the NFL now. Uh, does, you know, Colt McCoy leaving, I know it wasn't a great quarterback situation, but does that turn you off of Hollywood Brown at all a little bit? If, Joshua Dobbs starts. I mean, short answer, no. I wasn't expecting a Just lot of curious. <laughs> yeah, no. Short answer is no for me. I, I still, you know, we'll get into it later. I still like Hollywood. It was always you. You were always betting on the talent of Hollywood. You were never betting on like whoever they were rolling out at quarterback. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 all about Hollywood Brown. So um, whoever's the quarterback, it, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. And then then once Kyler does come back. I mean, Hollywood Brown was a guy that target wise was getting just 
hammered with targets when Nuke Brown wasn't there, 11 a game while he wasn't there. So, yeah, I, I would be in on Hollywood Brown and not too worried about uh, about who's the quarterback. Good. I'm glad we all agree. might be a good time to go out and see if you can throw a trade off or after him with Colt McCoy leaving, even though, again, not a big signing, but uh, definitely I don't know if people realize the who Joshua Dobbs is more times than not outside of, like, real true dynasty owners. So, but again, that's was much of the news here. Again, we're going to find out more, obviously, as the next week goes on. And before you know, guys, it's going to be the seasons here. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm excited. I'm really excited. My 2000 teams here are going to love me. Also, <laughs> I don't know why I have such an addiction, but I do. But that's for another show. Uh, so, again, guys, that was the news for the day. Now we're going to go with let's start with the positivity today. Garrett, I'll let you go first on your bylaws for Dynasty before the season starts here. So give us your guys. Yeah, this this bylaw would have been even better uh, about a month ago. Uh, the the hype is rising for this player, but the hype is still not nearly high enough for a guy that I think could maybe even touch running back one numbers this year after worry that is he even going to play this year. And that's that's my guy, Javante Williams, Javante Williams, all offseason. All we heard was it's worse or it's just as bad as as J.K. Dobbins. We saw what happened with him. ACLs take forever, blah, 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 blah. And one of the things I kept cautioning was, look, this is all speculation. We haven't heard anything from the team. The only things that we've heard from the team is that actually he's on track. So let's see what happens. And then, of course, he avoids the pup. Not only does he avoid the pup, we actually see him in preseason action. And he looks really, really good in that preseason action uh, right now. Still way too low in dynasty and redraft uh, dynasty wise. He's roughly running back 16 off the board right now. I think he's easily overall talent wise and being a younger running back should easily be inside of the top 10. Uh, and then fantasy pro still has him at roughly running back 27 for this season. So just a screaming, screaming value in my opinion. But the biggest thing that makes him just such a, a tantalizing option for me is we know he's a stud between the tackles, breaks a bunch of tackles, uh, runs people over. But I think there's more passing game interest than we originally thought. Remember in games last year with Russell Wilson, he averaged uh, in games that he finished because uh, obviously he missed the one uh, due to the injury. But in games that he finished seven targets a game from the running back position in his one game back this year. So it's only one game, but let's also remember it was only one quarter that he got to play five targets in that one quarter. So they're throwing the ball to him a ton. So if he gets a lot of volume in that passing game, all of a sudden we, he, he could just be an absolute screaming value this year. And remember, he's still very young. So he's still a long-term option for dynasty teams. No, I like that there. John, how do you how do you feel about Javante Williams? I mean, <clears throat> I agree. I mean, Javante Williams is an awesome sort of the fact that he's getting back so quickly is great. I'm usually one of those guys that looks to sort of the year two removed from an injury. But I mean, if Javante's healthy and looking like he's looking now, you need to buy in now, because if you wait until six months into the season or you know, halfway through the season, whatever it is, you, it'll be too late. So. I think it's getting a little late now to buy into Javante. I think everyone's sort of licking their lips at week one already. But if you can pry him away from a team, I think now is the time to do it. And like Garrett said, you know, you're going to have a little bit of a, he might have a, you know, a strong 2023 and then a 
a monster 2024. Like it, it could get really, you know, say Denver totally stinks and they go get Caleb Will, uh, Williams. Like, you know, it's like they could have a, a great future going forward. But I like it. I like the pick. I think he's the fact that he's showing health early is nice. Um, and, and again, we weren't even expecting him to be here. So the fact that he's playing and could be a starting player on your roster is awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely definitely a really good pick, honestly. I mean, I, I think everyone's had the mindset that he was going to miss half the season, half the season. And But, you know, like Garrett said, the coach is telling us he's on track. He's looking good. Uh, right. And I think when we talked about him last year, I know we were talking about him taking over as the 1A on the offense. He's gone. I think he's going to do that this year. If he, if he remains healthy and continues to progress, even though we've seen it already, he should be in line for the 1A role. Um, I'm hoping it's more than what we saw two years ago with him and Melvin Gordon, it was like 50, 50. Uh, but hopefully we can get like a 60, 40 with him and P Ryan, at least that he actually takes control of that offense there. But again, it's a good time to buy low on a, on a running back. That's young, because if you can buy him now and you mid season, something happens to your team, doesn't look good. And he's looking good. You can make, you can get big, big return in, in your investment on that. So uh, John, we'll go over to you. Give us your first buy low. Well, you're only by low, I think. My only by low. So my by low to me is um, we talked about him real quick, uh, kind of in the news, but it's Hollywood Brown. And, you know, I think Hollywood Brown is a great by low and the news actually helps. I think the fact, you know, the public perception that losing Colt McCoy and Josh Dobbs coming in is sort of a, you know, a negative for Hollywood Brown. It, to me, like I said, it, you're betting on Hollywood Brown's talent. And Hollywood Brown is an explosive player. You know, he was wide receiver six the first six weeks without uh, DeAndre Hopkins and when Kyler Murray was there. So, yeah, you're probably not going to have that until Kyler Murray comes back. But I, in my opinion, you're going to have a top 24 guy. He's going to see enough targets and get volume that he'll still be usable. And then when Kyler comes back, it's just a boost of nitrogen into your into your team or boost of nitrous. And so – I like Hollywood Brown, and I also like that he's a you know young wide receiver starting to hit his prime. Um, so for me, he's a buy low again because I think you're going to get a you're going to get a very reasonable, fair sort of trade for him. I don't think you really have to give up a lot at this point to get Hollywood Brown. And if you can survive the first four or five weeks with Josh Dobbs, I mean, and then you get a top twelve guy the rest of the season, you're you're psyched. You're totally psyched and you made out like a bandit. So I think too often do sometimes news and dynasty players have quick gut reactions and don't think about the next, you know, two years, three years, but I think the next two, three years with Hollywood Brown is going to be really, really good. And you're not giving up a lot right now. And maybe he could be on a different team that's better and passes the ball more maybe too. He is a free agent next year. So uh, that'd be great. Garrett, I know you probably, you agree with this. I know you did because you had him as one of your bylaws. So (laughs) You know, I'm with you. I'm hundred percent. in. I mentioned, you know, the target volume that he got before. So we expect good things. And you're right. You guys mentioned that he's a free agent next year and most situations are going to be as good, if not better uh, than the situation he's in right now. Most, most teams are, it's not going to be a downgrade for him uh, to go to many of the other teams at this point. So I think there's only room for him to go up and, especially once a, a receiver signs that long-term deal, that second deal, the the value inherently just goes up. They get more expensive. So if you can get in before that, while the value's probably as depressed as it's going to be, uh, I would do that. Awesome, awesome. All right. So I will go to my my one of my first buy lows here. 
And my first buy low is one of my favorite players right now in the game, Sam Howell from the Washington Commanders. Great. Uh, so with Sam Howell, I mean, he's the starting quarterback now, the Washington Commander. He's got a he's got a big job to fill here, but he looks he's looking so good in the preseason. And I get him. I don't want to take too much away, but you know, he's got a great completion percentage, 265 yards, three touchdowns, 25 yards rushing over two games on seven series, scored on four of the seven. Now, again, it's preseason, the preseason backups, the whatnot. You know, I'm not going to take it too much with a grain of salt, but he looks good. And that's, to me, that's the first step right there. You know, I'm hoping that will translate to some extent into the regular season here. Uh, I mean, if you look back in college, he was one of my favorite quarterbacks coming out of that class. There's someone who has shown us that he can throw at a high completion percentage, someone who can throw over 30 touchdowns, someone who can run for 800 rushing yards. And he showed us a little bit last year at the end of the regular season that he looked good. And he threw two touchdowns, ran for like 40, 30, 40 yards. And if he can continue to develop in an offense that wants to throw the ball downfield more, wants to get more big-time plays, uh, it's a good time to buy him now because if you wait into the season, he plays, starts playing well, people are going to fall in love with young quarterbacks like everyone does. They find a young quarterback, and no one wants to get rid of them that quickly. So, again, I'm willing to throw out a second and a third, two seconds, um, and, and take that potential upside because – if he pans out, you got yourself a franchise quarterback for your dynasty team that you could potentially sell for more, especially in Superflex leagues. Uh, I'm willing to take that kind of risk for the potential upside that Sam Howell gets, and I don't think you're pay- overly paying for what his potentials can be in this commander's offense here. How do you guys feel about Sam Howell? I absolutely love it. I, I love <laughs> – I listen, I know you were on an island for most of the summer, and I love that Sam Howell is playing really well and looks really good. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> and the other thing that I love about this, this call is, in my opinion, one of the biggest things about Washington has always been sort of the ownership and the culture. You now have Josh Harris come in, and, and anyone who doesn't know, Josh Harris um, owns the New Jersey Devils. He owns the Philadelphia 76ers. He's turned a few franchises around of late. So I listen, I like it. I think Washington could be a sneaky team to really be fun to root for, play well, and um, new ownership pumps a bunch of money into the roster and a bunch of money into coaches and ownership, and things look bright for the next, you know, for the future. So if Sam Howell catches that wave and is that guy for the next couple of years, that's awesome. So I, I, I like it. I do like the Sam Howell call. I think he looks really good. Um, and want, you know, Terry McLaurin getting banged up preseason doesn't help, but I do think that Josh, uh, oh, what's his name? Dachson yeah, is, Dotson, uh, yeah. Josh Dachson, Jahan Dotson, sorry, uh, is totally fine and, and can fill in in that role. You know, there's depth issues, you get still farting around with Curtis Samuel, but I, I think they'll be fine. I'm torn on this one because, <laughs> from a player perspective, I really like Sam Howe. Uh, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's an underrated athlete. I think he's very accurate. So as far as like looking at this from a player perspective, I'm I'm in. I Easily, I think he way outperforms his ADP. Where I'm torn on this is similar to what you just mentioned, John, but on the opposite side of it, anytime that we have new ownership comes in, they usually want things their way. Um, so Ron Rivera hasn't done an amazing job over the past couple of years. And so we could literally see them just after this season, if they're not a playoff team, we could see them just clean house. The only contracts on that offense with any sort of value are actually the two receivers and, and McLaurin and Dotson. Every, everybody else 
are on like one and two year deals that they could easily get out from. So it, this could be a full clean sweep after the season. So that's, that's my hesitation. It's not the player, but it's the situation with this room. So if you think that they can make enough noise to be a playoff team and he can play well enough in his first year as a starter, then I think it's a screaming value. But if you're not sure that he can jump to one of those top 15 quarterbacks in year one, then I'm a little concerned on how it's going to play out. No, and I, and I, and I totally get that. Honestly, there's definitely risk when it comes to Howell there uh, with everything that goes around, especially the back stuff, because like you said, ownership will love to change things. If a new coaching staff comes in, they want to go a different direction. If Howell is not standing up to that level, it makes a lot of sense, but man, I love him. I love him so much. He's a good player. Uh, He's a good player. He's, yeah. dude, every time I guy. watch a preseason game, I, I think of you now. When I see him like uh, throw a dime, I'm like, oh, let's go, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> when go. I was when I was doing the podcast last Monday night, uh, and they were playing the Washington versus the uh, Ravens, and I was just, I, I was just whoever the who the guest was, I was just like, I was like, Sam Howell, Sam Howell's <laughs> all over Twitter tonight. Oh, this is great. <laughs> So moving the chains it. yet again. Let's go. <laughs> touchdown after touchdown. So again, it was preseason. So, but uh, Garrett, we'll go back to you. Give us your uh, second buy low of the evening. Yeah. Second buy low is another guy that I've been a big fan of for a long time. And in, in some senses, he's a little bit of a post hype sleeper because there was a lot of buzz around him last off season, but then the first four to five weeks of the season totally killed any and all buzz for this player. And it was Cole Komet, uh, Cole Komet, tight end Chicago bears. I think he's a really talented player. I think he's in a good situation, but those first four or five weeks were brutal because the bears simply just didn't throw the football. Uh, that's part of the reason Justin Fields only had 2,200 passing yards last year, uh, <laughs> because they just simply would not throw the football at the beginning of the year, but they open it up a lot. The rest of the year, they're going to do that even more. So this year with the addition of DJ Moore. But what people don't realize is over the second half of the season, Cole Komet was actually tight end four on the year. So when they were throwing the ball, when they opened it up, they were looking for him specifically in the red zone. And that's where I think he can really come in handy is getting those touchdowns. I think he's going to be a, a good target guy. I still think even though, uh, you know, last year was kind of the new number two option in the offense behind Mooney. I still think he's the number two guy. I think it's now just switched from more or from Mooney to more, but I think his role stays exactly the same. So I don't really have any worries about volume. The only question is, can they pass the ball more and do it effectively? And I'm fairly bullish on the bears this year. So uh, I think that is going to happen. And if he can even get close to replicating what he did the second half of the year over the entire season right now, dynasty wise, he's tight end 16. He could easily be tight end eight. And you're just a huge jump in value from what he's what he's going as right now. All right, John, how do you feel about that? This is another one. Absolutely love it. I mean, you kind of look for, you know, this is the time, in my opinion, in Dynasty to pounce on a tight end. You know, he's getting a little bit older. He's finally gets extended. He's coming into his own. You know, this is it. Like, we all know that, like, year one and year two of tight ends is usually kind of dicey. So he showed out last year. I think, you know, Garrett said it well. I don't see the addition of DJ Moore as sliding him down the target depth chart. I don't. I still think he's just going to be his, you know, typical role, you know, 90, 100 targets. Like, find another tight end that's going to get that. You can't. Like, it's not that many in the league other than five guys that are going to see as much volume as him. 
Um, I do expect the Bears to be a much better offense. I do expect there to be some touchdown, you know, regression as a whole for that offense. So, um, yeah, everything seems great for Cole Komet. And I don't know why I thought after he got extended, maybe people might be back in on him. And, you know, the hype never really came back. And it's just weird. I thought it was very strange. I think it really has to do with Justin Fields and whether or not you believe in he's going to take this next step in his development here and and throw the ball more. And I think that's what concerns a lot of people uh, overall because he, he led the team in targets last year with 69 targets. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's nothing to be proud about as a Cole Komet fan last year. I mean, but in the same sense, he finally caught touchdowns. And if he can get back to maybe a medium of like 75, 80 targets that I think that's where he could fall into pretty easily. The thing is, he just needs to put it all together. It's like he, he, he had the yard, the targets and the yards one year, and then he had the touchdowns the following year. If he can put it all together, he's going to be, he's a really good tight end. And I think that's why people are kind of up and down on him because of the inconsistency that he's shown us. Uh, and then you have fields and I think that's the thing that I think people are concerned about. But I do like him. I have, I think, on a lot of my dynasty teams, so I, I'm in on him, and I'm hoping he does take a next step, and then it's a good time to definitely buy low on a player like that. So it's a good one there, Garrett. All right, uh, so for my second buy low here, uh, I'm going with an old favorite of mine, John, here, uh, Gabe Davis. Uh, Great, and this love one, it. <laughs> so love it obviously everyone, you know, everyone was all hyped on. The, the Gabe Davis train was full hype last year. It was fantastic. <laughs> this year, the hype has kind of gone back down to like a little like like a steam engine it's not that high right now which is good to buy low on a value like that like it was a couple years ago when i said buy gable davis buy him low and then boom he breaks out and then you probably could have sold him because of the hype but it's another good opportunity to buy low on gabe davis right now for one he's an offense that's throwing the ball a ton uh someone who is likely the number two wide receiver on the team still. I still think he leads the team in targets as behind Stefan Diggs. And he's got a young quarterback that's going to throw the ball with him downfield. You know, he's in a make or break season. He's in a contract year. If he wants to get paid, he's got to step up and perform. And if you look at what happened last year, it's early on in the season, he had that sprained ankle. It kind of ruined his overall season as a whole. I mean, it kind of just brought him down a little bit. And then you had, you know, Josh Allen with his shoulder injury that he suffered mid season here. It just never really worked out for Gabriel Davis to really take that next level. Something always seemed to go wrong, especially with injuries, whether it was him or his quarterback. Just never got going off right. But this is an offense going to throw the ball 40-plus times a game most weeks here, and he has big playability each and every single week. And if you could buy him for a second, you know, for maybe an aging player and then get Gabe Davis in a third or fourth, you know, do that because – if he comes back and, and breaks out this coming season here, you could sell high on him going into next season. And that's what both my buy lows were players that have potential upsides that you could still buy low on and you, and you could sell off or, you know, even if he goes to another team next year after this, you know, he could end up going somewhere else where he's the number one wide receiver on a team. Again, less likely that's going to happen, but there's potential there. So for me going out to get Gabe Davis before the season starts, I don't really think anyone's saying like, I got to have Gabe Davis on my team right now. Go get him because if he balls out this season, he could be a really good value for you to have now. So I don't know how you guys feel about Gabe Davis, but that's how I feel. <laughs> um, I agree 110%. This was my problem with Gabe Davis all last season is 
to me, Gabe Davis is and always will be the perfect flex player. Like, just perfect. Like, why people were drafting him as this, like, wide receiver, too. Like, he was going to be consistent in your lineup every week. To me, was like, that just seems rich. Like, this just seems so high. Listen, I get it. He, he didn't have a great season. He still had over 90 targets. Like, I don't expect him to have such a terrible catch rate. He's probably closer to in the mid-60s than he is mid-50s like he was last year. So even if he brings that up, you know, his, his stat line will look a lot better. And the best part about Gabe Davis is, A, like you said, you don't have to invest a lot. You can pick and choose when you want to start him now, which is how it should be. And, two, he has games like three for 171 and two in the bag. Like, Again, not many guys have that ability to just when he hits, it's like, all right, well, I, I I won this week. So those are the guys to me that are perfect. Like I love flex players like that. I'm not relying on him to do f- ten catches. I'm just relying on him to make three or four monster plays. You know, Mike Williams esque. These guys that are like, all right, they just made my week with one play. I'm I'm, I'm fine. And now you can finally invest in Gabe Davis at that price. Last year, you couldn't. You had to give up way too much. And it was like, all right, I, I'm, I'm out. I don't want to give up. I don't want to have to play him every week. I want to be able to pick and choose when I play him. And last year, you couldn't because you had to draft him as a top, you know, 25 guy, which is crazy. Yeah, I, I like Gabe Davis, too. I think this is a good time to get on him if you're a fan of his game. And, you know, he can. He can have those monster, monster weeks. Right now, ADP-wise, Dynasty, he's going off the board as wide receiver 48. So you're, you're talking about, like, low-end wide receiver four, um, which I think he could easily match that type of production for the next, you know, several years. And, you know, you don't have to pay a ton to get him right now. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I'm not, like, a huge stand. But I think this is a good like post type sleeper as well, similar to Cole Komet last year, where you're you're buying after the fact, but now you're getting a huge discount to do so. So I think it's a good time to sneak in and get him. Yeah. I mean, like if you could guarantee up. 95 targets right now, like he had 93 last season. So if you could say to yourself, I'm guaranteeing you 95 Josh Allen targets with Gabe Davis, you're like, I'll 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 take that. It's gonna be pretty good. Right. And what I was saying, like, imagine he catches, like you said, John, 10 more, t- 10 more passes last year. I mean, he could have had a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. He's had six touchdowns every season of his career so far. So, I mean, there's yeah. potential there. You know, you just, you just need to put it all together. And that's the thing. That's the reason why you buy low on a player. Cause he's just not being valued like that. Like he was last year. So, all right. So let's get away from the positivities and let's get into some negatives here. And Garrett, you're back up here. Give us your sell high here. So, the guy that I'm selling high here is it's probably not going to be a popular one because this is uh, somebody that's getting a lot of pub, a lot of hype. A lot of people are really excited about this guy, but uh, I think it's just a little rich for my blood at the moment. And that's George Pickens, Uh, George Pickens, talented receiver, um, highly rated guy coming out of college. Uh, But the thing that is difficult for me about, about George Pickens is a, I think we've, for some reason, completely forgotten about Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson is the guy that leads the team in targets every year. I think he's going to continue to lead the team in targets simply because of how his, his route tree works, the way he's utilizing the offense. He's a guy that's going to be a a focal point of, of the targets. When you have Pickens, he's more the big play guy, which is a lot of guys can perform well as a big play guy, but 
I, a, I don't think he's going to get as many targets that way, but B, I think we've all bought into the highlights a lot because he is a fantastic highlight play kind of guy. He can make some of the most spectacular catches that you will see in the league. But what's the reason that he has to make those spectacular catches so often? It's because he's not great at separating. And as this team develops, as Kenny Pickett develops into this offense a little bit more, he's not going to be wanting to throw all the time jump ball situation because they're not going to be able to afford the turnovers. So he's going to have to dial that back a little bit. Will George Pickens have some, he'll have some big games. He will, but I'm worried that the consistency level won't be there as much for George Pickens. If you're drafting him in the middle of the sixth round ahead of guys like Brandon, Ayuk, Terry McLaurin, uh, Amari Cooper, Zay flowers, Chris Godwin. Uh, I mean, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, you can get like, 15 picks later. So I would rather just love it. Yeah. I would just (laughs) wait on the value and take other, other wide receivers. John. Um, I think it's, it's funny because when you think so high, you don't always think about young guys. Um, but this is a good one. Uh, I think now is kind of his peak value. He feels like it's funny. We just talked about Gabe Davis. He feels to me like Gabe Davis last year. It's like, yeah, he's going to he's going to have big plays, he's going to have big games, but why are we treating him like he's this consistent wide receiver two or three that I'm going to have in my lineup every single week? It's like you know, I, I think there's going to be down games with Pickens as well as there's going to be big games. Um and people are treating him like there's only going to be big games. And it's like, okay, well, if you want to treat him like that, then I'll take a first next year for him and a player. Like that's fine. Like okay, fine. Like thanks. Yep. And so I think that's kind of where, you know, I don't love moving off from young players, but when the hype gets so out of control, like I think it is right now with Pickens, I think, you know, I think he's a good player. I like Pickens, but if you're going to give me, you know, a player plus a big pick, like, yeah, okay. Take George Pickens. That's fine. I can, I can replace that value with other pieces. Yeah. I think the potential upside gives you the opportunity to, to sell high on him because of the situation that there are so many mouths to feed there in, in Pittsburgh. And like Garrett said, Deontay Johnson is still this team's wide receiver one, whether, whether anyone likes it or not, he, he is going to be their wide receiver one. His <laughs> offense flows to Deontay Johnson here. And, you know, George Pickens, he's going to have a couple of great games for sure, but is it going to be consistent enough that you're going to want to start him every single week? It might not be there. And I think because of the way this team is going to operate, they're going to definitely run the ball a good amount there. They're not going to put Kenny Pickett into too many crazy situations. They're going to let him do a little bit more than they did last year, but I don't think they let him just open up the game and, and let him do what he wants to do here. I thought he was a limited kind of passer already coming into the league. Uh, so Deontay Johnson, I think, fits his style a little bit better than what you're getting with George Pickens and, and kind of those downfield throws. So definitely I like that one. Jared, good time to sell high on George Pickens right now. John, give us your person. Uh, so I, so my, I just want to start my philosophy usually with sell high is, um, I, it's running backs tend to be where I try and sell the highest. And I tend to get out a year early, um, because there's still a lot of value to be had. Um, so my first guy is Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon is a guy who, you know, the contract, you know, restructure definitely breathed a lot more life into him for dynasty. Uh, You know, you get him for this year and you probably get him for next year too. Um, But it'll be iffy. 
I think a contending team looks at Joe Mixon and says, yeah, this is a type of piece that could really sort of give me depth, put me over the top. Like I, I, I could really use Joe Mixon. And if I get 2024 out of them, then it's a, a gift. Um, and in my opinion, there is this sort of um, weird like stereotype around Joe Mixon that he's this super high volume, like explosive guy. He's listen, two times in his career, he's had more than 250 carries just twice. He's not this like guaranteed 350 touch like guy. It's, he gets banged up. He has off games. They throw 60 times one week. It's like it, there's situations where it's not always rosy with Mixon. So um, I don't think it gets any better as he gets older. You know, he's down to under four carry, you know, now. So I'm just like, if you can trade now and, and get him to a contending team who understands what he is and is like, yeah, I'll take him for a year. Um, I, I think it's time to get out. And this is again, you, a, a conversation back to, you know, philosophy of dynasty. You have to really look at your team and understand like, am I a lock for the playoffs? Am I a lock for top five? Cause if not, like Joe Mixon does me no good, like none. Uh, it's, so I might as well trade him away and get a young asset, you know, go get a Kendra Miller, go get a, you know, a young guy and see what you can do. But like what, what's Mixon doing on your team? If you finish in the 10th, nothing. Okay. Okay. Gary, how do you feel about Mixon? I'm never going to argue a running back sell uh, almost ever. Uh, if you don't think your team is a contending team, uh, then I, I'm fine with you not having any running backs. Like if you don't think you can win at all, like move. It's a short shelf life and teams there, there's just not enough of them to go around. So teams, especially in season uh, once, once injuries start occurring, will overpay for running backs time in and time out because there's just so few valuable running backs out there so i'm never gonna argue uh a a sell high on a running back and especially you add in all of like the legal stuff that's going on with joe mixon yeah. it, it does look like you know he's gonna be fine but you just never know what the nfl is gonna do as far as random suspensions and things like that so yeah i have no problem selling joe mixon yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, I, I have no issue with it. I mean, I've been buying him as a contender, though, on a couple of teams. But sure. obviously, if you're not a contender, and if you think you're not a contender, you should probably try to sell off on him. Uh, again, in season, I always say sell a, your elite running backs if you're not contending in season. Uh, like you guys both said, kind of, to some extent, that people will pay up for pay up for running backs. And they always do. If they need a running back, they will give you a first-round pick next year for a running back. More times than not, even if it's two years out, they will give you a first. So uh, it's definitely worth it to sell them. So for sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go back to you on this one next year. So give us your second sell high. Yeah, the last guy uh, that I that I'm selling high on, and it's hard because I've had him on a lot of teams, and he's been so freaking good on these teams for so many years. Uh, but it's it's more just the value is just way too high for me for where he's at in his career. Uh, and, and that's going to be my guy, Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill right now is going off the board uh, at pick 212. So the end of the second round in Dynasty Leagues, you're having to take Tyree Kill. Now, do I think he's going to be a top five receiver this year and next year probably still? Yeah, probably. He's that good. He's in a great situation and a great offense. The problem is I don't know how many years we have left uh, with Tyree Kill. He mentioned before that when his contract's up, he's probably going to retire which his contract's up in two years. Now there is like a 
15 player option thing going on for a potential third year. We'll, we'll see how it all goes, but, but you add in the fact that when you look at all of the receivers that are going below him, that are significantly younger than him. And I think could still put up close to, if not wide receiver number, like wide receiver one numbers over the next couple of years, the two guys specifically behind him, several picks later, uh, Devonte Smith and T Higgins are going several spots below Tyreek Hill. And I would rather just get the age bump there and know that I have five to six years left as opposed to two years left uh, on a player. So this is nothing against Tyreek Hill as far as his production. You're going to have an awesome next two years, but it's another one where if I'm, you know, and, and if I'm a contender, this is always subject to if you're a contender and you have a guy that's producing, ride him to the ship. Like there's no reason to sell him right now. If you're a contender, ride him to the ship. But if you're not sure that you can win it all, He's a guy that I only see his value dropping over the like week by week. It could it could end up dropping as people see that that ticking time bomb getting closer to that that two year window. Sean, how do you feel about Tyreek Hill? I, I like this one too. I mean, this is another good call because um, you know the perceived value on Tyreek Hill, especially in Dynasty, going off at two twelve is look. I got a I got a locked and loaded top three guy for a while and. I don't know. I don't know if you do. Right. Like, I, so, you know, if you can get multiple firsts, if you can get, you know, go get, you know, a player plus a pick or two, go get, you know, Jahan Dotson plus some picks, like, you know, you can make some moves and go younger for your roster if you're not contending. Um, and that's why I love these, you know, conversations because it is always team dependent and situation dependent. Like, and, and that's what makes dynasty so fun is it, there's a million ways to skin a cat. And so a trade that works for you might also work for the person you're trading with. It's like, this is just how it works. So um, if you are a contender, I think you obviously you ride Hill, but now's a good time to get out. If you're a bottom five team. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a ton of value. I mean, I hate it, obviously, (laughs) but, (laughs) but you know, I mean, it makes a lot of sense here because I think you're going to get elite value and the older he gets is the value is just going to drop for a guy like Tyreek Hill. Uh, and obviously we, you know, his contract is saying that he's going to be done after his contract and whatnot. People think about those things now and like, Oh, I don't want him. He's not going to have any value in a few years going into the season. This is the point where you sell a guy who we all know has elite top five upside, sell for big, get your return for him now. Uh, and people love, people love in the off season. It seems like to, to acquire elite tight end, uh, elite wide receivers. For some reason, during the season, people love elite wide receivers, and in season, everyone wants that elite running back. This is the time now. Go out, sell them, get get your get your money worth for a guy who, yeah, he's gonna have a top five season. But if you're not winning or contending, he's doing nothing besides making your uh, your draft pick home high, a little bit higher. So get him off your team now. So, all right, John, what's your last uh, sell high here? My last sell high pick is someone who I think is kind of like slid under the radar in dynasty because of some of these holdouts and some of these like coming, you know, missing Josh Jacobs, not making it to camp. And and that's Derrick Henry. I think there's like, you know, no one seems to really like people like Derrick Henry still. No one really knows what to do with them. It's like, eh, I'm in the camp where, you know, you I look at his contract and I'm like, you're guaranteed to get a big year out of him this year, obviously, because I think they have to. I don't know what other options they you know they brought in deandre hopkins who i think helps moves the chain and keeps drives alive which is good for derrick henry because he's going to get more attempts and on the field more 
you know, better than it was when it was Traylon Burks. But I still think it's a, you know, going to be a very heavy Derrick Henry show for this year. And then it's a $4.7 million cap to get rid of him. And, you know, next year, who knows? And then you have a 31 year old Derrick Henry with a ton of wear on the tires. I don't think he really goes and gets a, a workhorse role somewhere. I do think he stays in the NFL. I think his skill set is good enough that he'll find a role on a contending franchise, but it's not this like, let's give him 350 carries anymore. It's just more situational and complimentary. So if you can get just like Joe Mixon, if you can, if you're not in contention and you can get a first plus, so you can get a young guy plus and, and, you know, for Derrick Henry, and I know Derrick Henry is going to have a great season this season. I get that. But what good is that season to you? You'd rather have a top five guy next year or a top 10 guy next You know what I'm saying? So um, you got to look at dynasty a little differently than you do sort of redraft. I, I love Derrick Henry in redraft. I think he's a great value, I, I but dynasty, I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm out. Usually good values and redraft are good sells in dynasty. Cause you're like, all right, this is, you know, so um, I, I, I'm just, I love Derrick Henry. He's done a lot for a lot of my franchises, but um, you know, so did Todd Gurley back in the day. And when the wheels fell off the bus for Todd Gurley, it really fell off the bus. So um, I, I think Derrick Henry is probably a year or two away from that as well. Okay. Garrett, how do you feel about Derrick Henry? Yeah, once again, older running back, I'm I'm fine selling him. Uh, especially the one thing you didn't mention is, uh, and I'm a huge fan of this player, but but Ty J Spears. <laughs> yes. uh, Spears is... Spears has looked fantastic all preseason. Um, one of the, the the largest like yards after contact numbers uh, in the preseason. It's 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 a changing of the guard. Like the, the time is coming. The team is not what it once was. This is their last push that they're going to probably be making, and then they're going to probably enter more of a rebuild type of situation. Uh, and and I I could even see even though I do think Derrick Henry is going to get a lot of work, I could see a scenario where if things don't go how they plan by week six, seven, eight, you know, wherever the trade deadline is. I don't remember exactly where it is in the NFL, but if things aren't looking as good as they had hoped, I think there's a scenario where they could even move on from Derrick Henry and trade him to a a franchise that's a contender. So uh, I think it's a good time to probably, probably move on. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously it is. I think you might have to, if you really want the best value, you might have to wait though until in season. Uh, on a guy like Derrick Henry because of his age and everyone knows his age and knows he's on the end of his contract here. Like, I mean, again, these are my leagues in my experience that I yeah, can't seem to sure. get a first, which makes sense. People might not want to give up a first for a 30 year old running back. Uh, but in season people get desperate and they need that elite player who puts up 15 points a game. Uh, so you might have to wait a little bit if you really want true value, but again, then you're risking it with injuries and all that, but it might be worth the risk with a guy like Derrick Henry. He should, be healthy for a whole season hopefully so and derrick henry is one of those players where all he needs to do is have one of his like classic derrick henry games and you're like oh yeah this guy's still unbelievable and you can trade him away a lot easier when he just puts up you know a 40 bomb and you're like oh i'm sure floating out into the league it will happen so (laughs) 100 it will absolutely uh so let me go to my uh my one sell high here and i'm going with darren waller uh, it, it's a really good time to go out and sell Darren Waller right now in fantasy. If you're not a true contender, obviously here, if you're in that middle of the round pack or rebuilding, you just don't know what you're trying to do here. 
this would be the time to, I think, to get the best value for Darren Waller personally. Yes, there's potential for him to really thrive this season, and he really could. I mean, he's looked good in minimal time so far with his first-team offense here. But again, he's playing minimal time in the games. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be able to hold up for a whole 16, 17-game season here now. Uh, with his injury pass here, he's only played a hand, you know, 15 games the last two seasons here now. And if that goes down and he gets hurt and he misses time again, I don't really think you're ever going to get that value to bounce back again for a guy like Darren Wall, because at that point, he's just going to be a guy who's going to get injured consistently. And I think everyone is kind of not really worried about his injury history and is worried about new team. He's the number one wide receiver on this Giants team. Wow, he's looked great in camp, preseason in camp so far. Uh, I think this would be the perfect time to go out and sell sell him because I think you could get high value for him right now for a team that desperately needs a tight end. And if you're trying to win a championship, having that upside as a, in the tight end position is a really key factor. So um, for me, it's it's Darren Waller. I don't know how you guys feel about Darren Waller right now as a sell or not. This one I'm a little kind of on the fence with because I, I do think a change of scenery is always good for players like Darren Waller who was struggling with sort of injury and, you know, team situation, things like that. So I do like that he's there. I like kind of, this is crazy, but I do like the culture that the Giants have sort of been building lately. Uh, I do like the, his chances at leading the team in targets this year. He is kind of hitting that like, nice age what's he 30 for a, run, a tight end right like that's a, pre- yeah. a pretty good age you're probably gonna get like three more legit years out of him. so but i do get your point that again when the hype gets to a point where the hype is too high like you're gonna give me cole Komet plus for for you know darren waller it's like okay i'll take that you know sure absolutely i'll sell so um you know what you're getting for him really changes the conversation for me i wouldn't just give them away for a you know a late second or something but um you know if you can turn them into another young tight end plus you know uh, k dot and plus uh, you know cole Komet plus i like it i don't hate i don't i don't hate the trade yeah with 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 darren waller it, it is an interesting situation because He's he's had a very roller coaster career where he's had some some crazy high peaks in value, some crazy, you know, low moments in value, and we're we're back up toward the top again. And it's gonna fall into a similar theme that we've talked about. But anytime a guy is hitting towards the twilight of his career, he's always a valuable sell if you're not a contender. So you I mean, we could replace him with almost any one of these players. And say like, okay, are they in probably the last two or three years of their career? Well, it's probably a good time to sell if you're not a contender. So, you know, so I'm never going to to argue that. I do like Darren Waller for 2023, um, but I would be fine selling him if I'm not a contender. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, that is going to wrap up our show tonight, guys. Uh, that was some buy, buy low, sell highs. Uh, obviously, the news we talked about before here. Uh, Garrett, my friend. Uh, awesome guest to have you on as always, man. I love getting you on. Uh, as I said, it was a while since we had you on last and I was like, I got to get Garrett back on the show here. So, uh, I'm glad we were able to make this work. Thanks for, uh, coming on today's show. Uh, as always, if you want to say anything, man, I'll give you the floor. So no, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I had a good time. It's always fun to talk about these players and think about their values right before, uh, the season gets going. So I enjoy it. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter or on X or whatever it's called, uh, at <laughs> dynasty price. 
Uh, I'm talking all things fantasy football, rookies, all that good stuff. Uh, so you can follow me on there. Catch the Dynasty Nerd Show drops every Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday morning. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I think that should be the new slogan for X. It's Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. <laughs> yeah, that everyone the does the same it. thing. Totally <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Coach Sean, anything you want to mention before we get out of here? Uh, nope, just a big thank you to Garrett, our guest. Uh, shout out to Dynasty Nerds. Again, one of the original podcasts in my rotation. Um, love all the work you guys do at Dynasty Nerds. Um, you know, I, I've been thank a you. Dynasty degenerate for a little <laughs> while. Yeah, you too, Steve. Uh, I've, done a, I've, done a, uh, I've been a Dynasty degenerate for a while, and you guys really sort of amplified my knowledge and, of the game. So I, I always appreciate that. You guys are, you guys are great people. Um, so thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. And you guys are on sleeper now, which is awesome. That's Love true. That. That's Love true. That. We, we did news. just, yeah, <laughs> big news. Deal with sleeper. So, uh, our mini is, is coming there very soon. That's so awesome. That Congratulations. That's awesome. Awesome. Thanks. And, and of course, everyone who tuned in, whether you're listening to us live, whether you're listening to us afterwards on your, your podcast or whatever you listen to us, uh, we do appreciate you guys always jumping on. Uh, this has been a long off season here now, and we're ready to help you guys get uh, get into the season here. Help you guys during the season win some championships. Like I said, we won't have another show until uh, the first game of the season when we talk about week one starts and sits. Uh, maybe I'll jump on for a show and do something, but uh, we're not gonna have an official show with the three coaches until then. So uh, again, thank you guys all for tuning in. As always, go check us out over on X or Twitter or whatever. Uh, coaches fantasy and of course check out our youtube channel at the fantasy coaches so we thank you all for listening tune in till next time guys and have a good the bag is not far fed we got a couple of clock hands i've been feeling super duper how the heck they know the future come with me don't be a loser grass is green like pooper scoopers clueless analysts don't do the half of this in fact i'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting Shh, like boom running like zoom the highest and mightiest entered the room high off the knowledge i'm feeling the fumes all players covered this nuts is legumes opponents are doomed and these are the facts i keep it 100 like I'm running track, listen up Jack, I'ma head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, go!